What's up, everybody? We're back here again for episode 41 of the Pitside Podcast. I'm here, as always, with my buddy Roger Craig. I think this is going to be an extra special episode this week. We're very fortunate to have Brody Sims' father, Ed, here with us this week. So we're going to talk to him for a little bit, um, both about what's been going on in their life and some of the challenges they're dealing with, as well as our upcoming charity event, which is here in just a few weeks. So if you stay tuned, we'll get started in just a minute. To the Pit Side Podcast, where we discuss the latest news and developments in the Coast to Coast Racing League, as well as other racing news inside and out of iRacing. Here's your host, the A-Let Outlaw, Preston Cranmer, and Roger, the Bassman, Craig. So we're back, like I said, episode 41, and I'm telling you, this one might go down in the history books as our best episode. We did record this one out of order again, so we've already had the privilege of getting to talk to Ed. You guys will get to see that in a few minutes, but uh, it was a, an amazing conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. He's very, very open about what they've been through, um, not just in their most recent you know, challenge with Brody being in a sprint car accident, but... Just generally, Brody, Brody's lived a tough life, and um, if you've ever heard him speak, you'd never know it. You know, he's a positive, up, upbeat guy, and uh, it's, it, and things are, are still in a, it's a tough spot, but it's looking encouraging. So we'll get to talk to Ed about that here in a few minutes, but we've, uh, we've had a great week in the league. Uh, the racing is getting better. I can speak personally. My IL is still not great, but it's getting better. Uh, so it's, uh, things are looking up there. So, buddy, I... I am one. I still got to finish top ten to transfer, but I am eligible to transfer to Renegades. I'm only like one of two guys. I, me and Bob the Good, we could. Uh, so uh, it, it was. Uh, I, I was shocked. I think I'm at 197 or something. But uh, it, it's it's really interesting to see that uh, the racing is really cleaned up. Um, we had a, a some flag to flag winners. Uh, John Short won, won the draw for the Renegades. Uh, Aiden Young won one for the uh, Hometown Heroes 305s. And uh, we'll have a draw. Fo- actually, following this podcast, uh, the um, the Raiders had a one caution, so there will be a five dollar i racing credit there. Yeah, so, and uh, Rebels were actually really close too. We had one caution early on. Ran, had a real long run. I think we got to right at halfway. Had another caution, and then went the rest of the way. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the racing's uh, and the and the Renegades racing is always great. So. Uh, it's a, it's it's good, and I, I think uh, you know from comments I've heard, I think some of the people who are struggling with their IL are getting the message and figuring it out, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's been great. So um, that's been that's been uh, a real positive uh, thing happening, and then uh, I'm not sure how it's happened, how it's turned out, but uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. Wednesday we have our. Um, uh, the, the first the, the NASCAR Super Speedway series that uh, I'm kind of excited about because I can stay competitive in that, and then uh, we'll have the 358s coming back on uh, Thursday matinees, so that's going to be uh, interesting as well. So we'll be interested to see how those turn out. We'll know by by this podcast time uh, when it's published. So it's, it's been good. Yeah, and we've got some. Uh, we we usually do it, and I read out the new members. Um, I'm going to put Roger on the spot and yeah. talk here for a minute so he can get the list up. But uh, I've I did, got it. Ro- Roger was more prepared for this week than I was. So uh, Roger, who who do we have that's joined the league in the past seven days? So we have three new guys. So we've got Aaron C. Gerwitz, Harvey Shanks, and Brett Carlton. Welcome, guys, and. Uh, if you're out there and you see these guys on the track or they need any help, uh, just, uh, you know, step up and uh, welcome them and uh, help them with anything they might need. So uh, that's, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, you know, we continue to grow and not as much as uh, some other weeks, but uh, we're always getting like three, five, seven, ten new members. So Yeah, well, uh, and we, we did have really less days for new members this past week with the big money race. We didn't even mention that. Um, so we had the big money race this past week, and so we had a period where we didn't accept new members because we wanted to make sure it was guys that had been in the league. You know, we didn't want the hot shoe showing up just to steal our money away, which yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't win anyway. But you know, anyway, it was no. a, that that actually went really well too. I was very pleased. Everybody kept their heads and and raced clean for the most part, or or as about as we've seen this season. <laughs> it's probably uh, probably fair. So it was that went really well. Um, and then we've got obviously we're we're getting ready to talk to Ed here in a few minutes, but in uh, I guess I I can't can't do the math in my head, but about a month uh, maybe three weeks here, 
we've got our, our fundraising, our charity event for this season, uh, which is in honor of, of Brody Sim. We're going to try to give him some assistance. It's the, the Never Give Up 22. Each feature uh, will be 22 laps in honor of uh, the number that he ran. And that will be August 17th through the 23rd. Um, so it'll be our regular race nights, um, so close to that. And if you guys don't realize it, Roger, we do the uh, the green screen in post. So he just has a green shower curtain behind him and has no idea where he's pointing. I, I think it's somewhere up here. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it's right there. If Just turn and look over your right shoulder. You'll see it for <laughs> sure. Uh, but, no, so that's going to be uh, – we're running two divisions. We're running uh, Pro Late Models, correct, and then 305 Sprints, which is what uh, what Brody was running at the time too. Yep. So um, yep. and all fixed. Um, it's going to be that if I'm not mistaken, the entry fees are ten dollars for one division, fifteen for two, just like we've done in the past. Uh, you guys really stepped up for our last charity event for the vets and and for Grady the the event prior to that. So uh, we're hoping to replicate a similar uh, a similar production on our end, and we're we're going to make it a big deal and and give Brody some help. So there'll be uh, four races for each uh, class. Uh, they should all be broadcast, and um, everybody's guaranteed three races. So, you know, there'd be, uh, uh, there, there's two qualifiers in their last chance. And then of course the, uh, the championship night. So, uh, looking forward to it. Just, uh, you know, check out this video that's following and, uh, give it your support. Um, I guess the one last thing I wanted to mention too, was, uh, um, this coming Wednesday, hometown heroes will be uh, veterans night. So, uh, it's a uh, PTSD awareness and, uh, the veterans league will be running. So we'll be running um, the 305s. Uh, I can't remember. The, I think it might be the midgets, but the but the 360 fixed Veterans League. So if you're a veteran out there and you um, uh, you haven't joined that league, if you if you raced last season, don't worry, you're 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 in. But if, if you didn't race last season in that race, contact us and we'll make sure you're eligible to run that because it's a great bunch of guys. It's some of the cleanest racing we saw. You know, Navy wasn't going after Air Force. Air Force wasn't going after Army. I mean, they were all out there uh, just racing super clean and respectful. So it was it, it's a great event. And then the following week, we got the father-son. And I haven't talked too much about that. Um, but what we're doing is the sons will be driving uh, Legends cars. And the dads will be driving street stocks. So, um, it, it, and we encourage you guys to, uh, you know, match the colors of those two cars. So we can kind of see who's who's who so hopefully everybody doesn't come up with a blue car or a black car but or an i racing paint scheme <laughs> or an i race yeah so uh anyways that's coming up so uh stay tuned for that but but the 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 um the the uh brody sim uh, uh charity event the the that fundraiser uh make sure you get involved in that and uh after you've watched this interview um you know, just uh, and 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 like Preston said, it's ten for one, fifteen for the other. But hey, you can donate whatever you want. And guys really dug deep in their pockets last time, and uh, let's do it again. This family's, uh, you know, they're they're going through some tough, uh, you know, mental times, and, and of course the whole financial thing. And and Ed, Ed gets into that a bit. The the whole technical side of uh, you know, what what. What do you call the injury and then the insurance dealing with the insurance companies and all that sort of stuff? So. It's a shame. I mean, it's a shame yeah. that they're having yeah. to deal with that. So yeah, look, and that's that's what I wanted to add is I, I am completely inspired not just by I mean, before this happened, Brody was extremely inspirational, but I I didn't know his family and having talked to Ed, it seems like the whole family is just. They're fighters, you know. They're they're just absolutely fighters. If you if you haven't watched any of our interviews on the podcast before, you just stick around for the fun of Roger and I. Obviously, that's why most everybody's here, right? Uh, this is the one you don't want to miss. If you don't watch, if you never watch one before and you never watch one again, this this is the one. It's it's you're not going to want to miss it. Um, and and then I I, I fully expect. Uh, we probably should have had the donation link up and ready to go already because I think after hearing Ed talk, people are going to want to start figuring out how to give. And so we'll make sure we facilitate that. Um, 100% of our proceeds go directly to uh, Brody's family uh, through the Steve King Foundation. Uh, when we, we mentioned that again in the interview, but um, there's no, you know, our only motivation here is to, to get those guys some help. So uh, let's jump over and talk to Ed. We're going to close the show with this. So as always, thanks for watching again, episode 41. And uh, we'll see you back here again for episode 42. Did I miss something, Roger? Did you want to?
the only thing I was going to say is I think uh, at tag the end of this, uh, we'll we'll have the GoFundMe site, uh, uh, the the link to it, and uh, so if people want to donate, you don't have to race to donate. If uh, you know you, you've, and, and I ask everybody in the league, if you just do one favor for me, is watch this next interview and see if you're not touched by it, and um, and then we'll have the GoFundMe site up uh, before this is uh, produced on Sunday. So you should see it at the end of this show, and. Um, just uh, whatever anybody can do to help out. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. And we are very honored uh, today to uh, to have uh, Brody Sims' dad, Ed, along with us. And uh, uh, Ed and I had a brief conversation this afternoon and uh, very enlightening. And uh, first of all, how are you doing tonight, Ed? Pretty good. It's all pretty good. And, uh, and the more important question, how's Brody doing? He's getting there. Sometimes it's day by day. Sometimes it's hour by hour. You know, some days are good. Some hours are good. Um, a lot of it now is he's he still got, you know, he's in a wheelchair. So that's a little hard for him because he's usually a pretty active with going to school and going to work and working. I mean, working in the shop and, and then going racing on weekends. And so he's a little bit struggling with being in the wheelchair. And then his mind isn't quite working right yet. Um, sometimes he remembers things. Sometimes he doesn't. Uh, his emotions. Sometimes he's, you know, laughing. Sometimes he's crying. Sometimes he's upset. So his emotions aren't quite, you know, where they should be. And and we have some appointments this week. We have an appointment tomorrow um, up in Portland area, which is about 60 miles south of us. And then we got actually six miles north of us. I'm sorry. And then we have another appointment here in town on Thursday. So we're a little bit busy this week. So I guess the one thing that makes it uh, special with it, us and uh, Brody is that he actually joined our league like three days before the accident. So he mm -hmm. never had a chance to race with us. So there's certainly uh, you know, a, a special connection that we have now with, with Brody. And um, can you take us back to, uh, there's, a, there's an interview he did like, I think an hour before the accident and uh i was just super impressed with brody and the way he handled himself and uh and and you know what he's been through and then after talking to you earlier today it's i only knew a fraction of what you know he's dealt with in his life and uh just an amazing amazing young man so uh could you just take us back to maybe that night and then we'll talk about the rest after that sure so we had just so Kind of at the beginning of the season, Brody had raced the sprint car two years ago, and then he had some issues with his leg. And then um, he had two surgeries over the winter. And then we had been a sponsor who's Brody's been racing for, Chris Rolf, who purchased a new car for Brody. And so we had been like four races into the season, and Brody was currently leading the points at Cottage Grove Speedway. He was doing really well. Um, we were trying to race with, we raced a little bit with the Interstate Sprint Car Series, which is a series that goes around the Northwest. We race at like, so we start Cottage Grove Speedway, Coos Bay Speedway, Grays Harbor, um, several other tracks in the in the Northwest. And we had just started that series and he was leading in points and doing really well. He hadn't won a race, but he was consistently finishing in the top five. But he was excited because he's again he's 16, and so he's one of probably the youngest driver on in that series, and one the youngest that races at the sprint car at Cottage Grove. Um, and they Dirt Oval TV broadcasts all the races on their 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 channel, and so they came out and did an interview with Brody. And as you can see by the interview, when people watch the interview, Brody's very well spoken. He's very polite. He's uh, very outgoing. He, I, when I talked to you earlier, like he transferred schools. So he'd go to a school where they have a welding and a fabrication. And so he goes to school in the morning, he, or was going to school in the morning. He'd get out at two o'clock, drive to another town, go to work until six, and then go work in the race, on the race car. And one of the things that's good about Rody is, one of the things I've always told him is, if he's gonna race it, he's gonna work on it. And so he did all his own setup. He does all his own stuff. He learned the engine builder sat down with him and showed him actually videotaped on how to set his valves, how to clean the injectors, how to set up the car. And so he did all, 
he's learned to do all this himself. And so then they did the inter. You went, we went to the races that night. He was excited about the night to start. It was actually the first night of uh, a two-night series. We were supposed to race Cottage Grove one night, and I think we we're going to Coos Bay the next night. And they came over to interview him about an hour before his accident. He went out and he qualified, I think qualified second or third out of the 18 sprint cars that were there that night. He uh, sat on the pole of the heat race and he took off and he was leading. He was uh, the second place guy got a, underneath him a couple times going around the corner, but Brody just stayed on the gas and he was kind of coming around the corner I've watched the video a couple times. At first, when I saw the accident in person, it looked like he, his right rear tire got over the berm and it just sent the car off into the, the concrete wall. But what had actually happened, he was coming around, he's kind of high on the track, and there's a little bump in the track, and that's what actually set the car off. And so it set the car off, and he just spun him backwards, and he basically hit his right, his left rear kind of hit the concrete wall and then sent the car left side of the car right into the concrete wall at full speed. And he was knocked out. He was unconscious immediately. And then paramedics got to him right away. The Cottage Grove Speedway did a great job getting to him. They had to carefully get him out of the car because he was kind of trapped in the car a little bit. And so they weren't sure about his back and his stuff because he was unconscious. He wouldn't, he, he wasn't responding at all to us or, or wouldn't respond at all. And so they got him out of the car. They, the crew that was there actually called a rescue crew from the local, you know, fire department. They came out, helped us get him out of the car. They actually got him out of the car. And then they transported him to a local hospital in Eugene, which is about 40 miles away from the track. And then at the track, they, at Eugene Hospital, they did a CAT scan and they found in the CAT scan that his, his brain was bleeding and swelling. And so they did an emergency transfer to a trauma hospital up in Portland, which is about 100 miles away from Eugene. So they transported him up to, up to Portland to what's called Emanuel Hospital and they had a trauma team all waiting for him. He was still unconscious when he got there. and. At first, they wouldn't let us in the room with him because of a couple of reasons, COVID, and then one of the reasons why he wasn't stabilized yet because he had stopped breathing. And so they got him stabilized, and they finally let us in the room with him after they got him stabilized. And then they, they sent him over to what's called uh, Randall Children's Hospital, which is kind of in the same complex. So they sent us over there in ICU, and they had a trauma team waiting for him. And again, they didn't want to do an MRI on him because he was unconscious and his body was, was like twitching a little bit. And when you're in the MRI, you have to remain completely still. And so, but they didn't want to uh, sedate him because they were worried if they sedated him and he stopped breathing again, they wouldn't be able to bring him back. So they just went off what was going on the CAT scan and then they put him on some, you know, they had uh, oxygen. He was on oxygen and IV and a bunch of medications. And the medication finally, you know, stopped the swelling and stopped the bleeding. And he was unconscious for about 28 hours. And then he slowly started, started coming around and waking up. And, and he'd wake up for like 10 minutes and then go back out. And he'd be out for another couple hours. And then he'd wake up for a little bit longer. And then he'd go back out. And then he... And then it was finally, it was probably two, about three days later where he could finally stay up a little bit without having to go back out. So. Yeah. And, uh, and also he, uh, he broke his pelvis, correct? Correct. So they found, cause when he did finally come through, come awake, every time they would go to move him or he'd move a little bit, he would grab his hip, his right hip. And so they went through back through the CAT scan cause they did a full body CAT scan on him. And when they went through that, they found he broke his pelvic bone and actually a vertebrae in his upper back was broken too. And, but the main part is, is the, the hip is kind of, the pelvic bone is kind of broken from the inside down to the, where like the socket is. And, so, uh, so he's in a wheelchair right now, correct? He's in a wheelchair right now. And 
the the break was nice. What they say is a nice and clean break. And so they had him in a wheelchair for four weeks and said he had to be really careful because if the break was to separate at all, then they were going to have to do surgery. So then we went in about a week ago, week and a half ago, we went in, they did another x-ray and it shows the break is healing a little bit, but it's still not healing as fast as what they want it to. And so he's in a wheelchair again till August 4th and August 4th, they'll go in and do another x-ray and see and you still got to be careful because they want to make sure that break doesn't shift or doesn't separate because if it shifts or separates then they'll have to go in and do uh put pins in yeah so harrow i mean harrowing experience for him but i can't imagine what you and your wife have gone through uh through this whole time too i just uh i can't imagine it yes it, it was tough it was you know i would think i was the again the cottage Grove speedway uh, staff and crew there they did a great job of getting to him and then i was like the third or fourth person to get to him so it was it was tough seeing him unconscious because i was trying to you know i was like brody brody talk to me talk to me he wouldn't talk to me and of course because he's unconscious and then it was even you know tough on the cottage grove crew guys that were there helping because brody's been racing start racing so most people who've been at Cottage Grove Speedway, they have the big track on the outside, which is where the sprint cars and the full-size cars race. But on the middle of Cottage Grove Speedway is a, is a cage car track, a go-kart track. So Brody's been racing there since he was five years old. And so all the crew has basically been the same since he was five years old. And so, and a lot of them, you know, helped out with his racing or sponsored part of his racing when he was racing cage cars. So they were the ones that were having to take care of him, pull him out of the car. So it was devastating to them because it was like, he was one of their family members and they're having to take him out of the car. So it was really hard on everybody that was there. Um, so yeah, it was hard on everybody. Yeah. So the good news is that, um, he, he's improving and getting better. And I think, you know, uh, sorry, jump into it that they, you feel that in a year's time that he should as a capability getting back to normal. Yes. So, they did finally do an MRI, which was about three weeks ago. I think they did an MRI and they found um, a dark spot on the frontal lobe of his brain and that, that dark spot's deep into the brain. And they say that will never go away. And then on the left side of his brain, they found 10 dark spots and a contusion. The dark spots won't go away, but the contusion will go away. So like right now, he's, he's getting better, but like right now his right side, I guess the we found out we didn't realize this, but the left side of your brain controls your right side. Mm -hmm. And so he is having problems like gripping things. He's having problems with his right, you know, side a little bit because, you know, the damage that was done to his brain. Um, but they haven't gone to a bunch of treatment. Like tomorrow we have, I think it's a uh, speech therapy and some occupational therapy. And then Wednesday we go to another therapy. He hasn't started physical therapy yet but just some stuff to retrain his brain. They said his right side of his brain is is uh, better than normal and it's compensating for the issues on the left side. So they think within a year, year and a half that he should be back to normal, um, except for again, those dark spots, which they say will probably you know never go away. Yeah, but but the brain is a, an amazing uh, yes. organ that can, uh, yeah. Work, work things around so yes um, when we were talking uh, today earlier and I think this is the important part is Brody is an amazing an amazing kid yes uh, what he has gone through now I knew about the cancer and the you know the uh, I think he had it when he was eight and yes. then came back when he was 12 and then something like that was that came actually came back just last April so he was oh, okay. 15 yes okay. And then he had then he had the metal uh, plates put in. Yes. He had to have them removed because of the cold was bothering him. Yes. Uh -huh. So I, I, you know, I've been blown away by what he's been through, and your whole family's been through up to now. But then you shed some light today um, and stuff that you were comfortable talking about. Uh, uh -huh. Just what he has been through in his life. So yes, you want to talk a little bit about this because this kid is just amazing. Sure. So Brody is considered what well, is considered through the state of Oregon as a as a special needs adoptive child. So he was born with 
um, meth and cocaine in his system. And he was kind of through the foster system until he was like eight months old. And then we got custody of him when he was eight months old. And um, when he was eight months old, he wasn't like a normal eight month old. You know, he, he, he actually didn't start to talk until he was almost two. He didn't walk until after he was two. And when he was younger, we give him a bad time sometimes because when he was younger, his only way of communicating like we'd have him in his crib and sometimes the only way of his communicating was you'd hit his head on the wall. That's how he, we would know he was awake. And so he went through that. And then also, so because of the meth and cocaine, his lungs weren't fully developed. So he had asthma really bad. Um, and so in his neck muscles weren't very, very well. So it was hard for him to keep his head up. And so one of the things that, he, did, he started doing was like when he was three years old, I took him out and he loved, he, he, Brody's also the type of kid when he focuses on something, he focuses on that. And so like when he was about three, three and a half years old, he wanted a bike. And so I took him out, we got him a bike, I took him out and it was like within a week, he was riding without training wheels. And he was out every single day, just riding his bike, riding his bike, riding his bike. And one day they had like a bike day at school. And so he took his bike and he was ripping around and everybody's like, what, you know, and one of the parents or teachers that were there said, Hey, have you ever thought about getting Brody into BMX racing? And I'm like, what's BMX racing? And they said, well, it's <laughs> a bicycle motocross. And I said, no, never heard of it before. And they said, well, Brody would probably be really good at it. And so I, there's a local track up in Salem and I took him up there and he took right to it and he just focused on it focused on it and he ended up being like at five years old he is a bmx state champion and he went to a bunch of regional races and then he had to be really careful because his lungs weren't fully developed and so he would get tired really easy but he always worked his way through it and then that was one of the issues one of the other issues we were having when he was bmx racing he didn't have very good neck muscles and so he, when he'd wear a helmet and when he'd go to fall, the first thing that would hit on the ground was his head because he couldn't keep his head held, held set up. So BMX racing, he had two minor concussions and then he had one major concussion where he was actually knocked out. And so they told us, you know, hey, you know, maybe you should consider getting Brody into something else because it, it, these crashes on his bike with three major concussions, three concussions and he's only five years old maybe you should consider getting him into something else and so i took him to a cage cart race my nephew was racing cage cart so i took him to a cage cart race and he just fell in love with it so then he started focusing on cage cart racing and then and so he started doing that and he started doing really well at cage cart racing and we started traveling all up and down the west coast we would race in arizona to california to washington oregon we, we were racing all up and down the west coast and then Probably when Brody was about eight years old, he, uh, yeah, he was eight years old. He came to me and he was saying, hey, dad, my knee hurts. And I was like, oh, it's, you just, it's just growing pains, buddy. And so then he, a couple times a week, he'd come to me and say, dad, my, my knee hurts. And I'm like, you're just growing pains. But I never looked at it. I would just, because I just assumed he was having growing pains. And so then he woke me up one night, he was crying and said, dad, my knee really, really hurts. Well, then I decided, I, well, I guess I should look at it. And so I looked at the inside, it's kind of on his left leg and it was kind of on the inside. Um, I think it's his left leg anyway. And to me, again, it looked like he had water on the knee and there was a, bit, a, a bump there and it looked like water on the knee. So I told my wife, I said, hey, why don't you make an appointment for later in the week? He's got, looks like he's got water on the knee. We'll go, you know, have it drained out. So a couple, she makes appointment, take him to the doctor a couple days later. And the doctor looks at it and says, no, this is something's wrong here. This is a water on the knee. So they took him to the local hospital here and they did some x-rays and doctors. I knew something was wrong because doctors kept coming in and out and looking at the x-ray and then feeling his leg and then looking at the x-ray, feeling his leg. And then they finally said, hey, um, we're going to send you up to what's called Dor Dornbecker's Children's Hospital, which again is about, is in Portland, which is about... 60 miles north of here i'm like why is that and they said well he's got a tumor in his tibia bone i'm like really yeah so we 
I had, went right up to Dornbecker's Children's Hospital. They did a bunch of MRIs, did a bunch of checks on him, and they said, yeah, he's got a uh, tumor in his tibia bone. And it's gonna, they're going to have to cut off, cut out like a poor upper portion of his tibia bone. So they like sent out a nationwide search for a donor bone, which only took a couple days. And they went in there and they cut off like the top of his tibia bone. And then they graft in a whole new tibia bone, a donor mm-hmm. bone. And at the time they told us there was probably like a 25% chance that it, it may come back because it was the upper portion that they had to take out was like the tumor was right against the growth plate so normally kind of in regular terms is they normally would go in there when the tumor and they take it out they like pressure wash it out really well well they couldn't do that because it was they were afraid they were going to damage the growth plate so they said so there's going to be a 25 percent chance of it coming back so over the years he had some problems and he had some issues with it but nothing real you know issues and then he started having some breathing issues and so um, he get, was getting his really bad migraines and he was having breathing issues and then he was having uh, issues with his heart. So I took him to, uh, again, they had, he has a, a team of specialists up at what's called Dornbecker's Children's Hospital. He has an orthopedic doctor, a neurologist and a cardiologist all up there. And they discovered because his lungs aren't fully developed, he also has what's called left ventricle hypertrophy which means if he does too much, his heart doesn't get enough oxygen, which causes the muscle on the left side of his heart to swell. So we have to be careful with that. And so we took a little bit of time off from racing and we met a really nice, super nice guy in his, in his wife. So one day they called me, his name is Chris Rolf. He called me and said, hey, what's going on with Brody? How come he isn't racing? And I just basically told him uh, he's got some medical issues. I don't have time to take care of the car and take care of him and go racing and take care of Brody. And he says, okay, well, I'll call you back in a couple days. So he called him back in a couple days and he says, why don't you meet me with me this weekend? You and Brody meet with me. And so we went out and met with him or went down and met with him. And he says, Hey, I know Brody's got a lot going on right now. He goes, I, he goes, I want to start taking care of some stuff. I want to start helping out. He goes, I want to put Brody in one of my go-karts, one of my cage carts. And I'm like, so I, really? And we we're like, yeah, he goes, I, he goes, Ed, he goes, you focus on taking care of Brody. I will take care of the carts. He goes, you bring Brody to the track. There'll be a cart waiting there for him. And it'll be, everything will be taken care of. And so I think Brody was probably 11 or 12 then. And so I started bro- taking Brody to the track. I would focus on Brody and Chris would take care of everything. You'd have get a brand new top of the line QRC, always brand new stuff. And him and Brody clicked and he started taking care of Brody with the racing stuff. And he was a great, you know, person for Brody to be around. He kind of became a mentor to Brody and he took care of all our racing stuff for us. He would, we go again, we'd race a Red Bluff, California, we'd race Cottage Grove. We even, Brody got invited back to what's called a Keith Coons give back race in North Carolina. And we went back to North Carolina and racing. He took care of all that for us. And it was just amazing. And so when Brody turned 12 years old, we started racing locally here in the street stock. And Chris helped us out some there. And then when Brody uh, had, so then Brody turned about 15. Well, last last April, Brody came to me and said, Dad, my leg's hurting. And I said, okay, are you, are you sure it isn't one of those, you know, where it's just sore? And he says, no something's really wrong this time and i said okay so took him back to the doctor and they told us man that unfortunately the tumor's back and it's actually bigger than what it was before so this time they again they ordered covid was all going on everything at this time and so they ordered an emergency surgery to him and this time they went in and they had to grind out the tumor out of his tibia bone and it was the tumor this time was in what was left of his original tibia bone not where the donor bone was so i had to go in there grind it all out and this time they put in donor bone chips and they filled it in and then they kind of sealed it off and then they put in two plates and six screws and they told him these plates and screws may be in there forever and they told him he probably wouldn't walk the rest of the summer and he'd probably be in again a wheelchair for the rest of the summer 
and that, again, that was last April. And so he, about June, he started kind of feeling better and he started getting up and walking around a little bit and he started doing things. And I take him to the doctor and the doctor says, as long as he's not in pain, let him do what he wants to do. And so I have personally been kind of always second guess about sprint car racing because I love sprint car racing, but I've never really liked Brody racing a sprint car because they just make me nervous. And he, but he loves them. He, it's his heart. It's what's in his heart. It's what he loves to do. So I got him, the doctor cleared him to go back racing towards the end of last summer, but not in a sprint car. So we had got some help and we got a modified and we raced two races here in Oregon and the modified. And then we got some more help and we actually went to the Midwest and raced. So he raced in Kansas where we practiced on a Thursday and then we raced on Friday and Saturday. And then the next week we traveled on, we stayed back there and the next week we traveled on to Missouri and he raced Thursday, practice on Thursday, he raced again Friday and Saturday and, and again, did really well back there in the Midwest, racing a modified, an IMCA modified. And then we kind of made a vacation out of it. We were gone for like three, we went up and visited some family in Minnesota. And then we came back through South Dakota and, and went, you know, made a big vacation out of it. So then uh, about that time, kart, so we do winter kart racing here in Oregon too. It's indoor. So Chris against, you know, said, hey, that's, I got the kart ready, Brody ready to go racing. And we said, yes, let's go. And so we did a couple races down at Red Bluff, California. We did some races here and Brody started having problems with his leg again. And so took him back there, took him back up because his leg kept swelling and it kept hurting. And so we took him back up to Dornbecker's and Dornbecker said, there's an issue with the plates and the screws that are in there. One of the screws that looked like caused an infection on his bone. And they said, we're going to need to go in and take out those plates and screws. So we had to have another surgery where they went in, they took out the plates and screws and kind of cleaned up the bone a little bit. And what was a little bit different about this surgery is instead of stitching him up, they did stitches on the inside, but then they glued the outside of his leg. And so probably a four or five days after a surgery, he you know, was noticing something was going on with his leg. And we're like, okay, we started looking at it. And well, it turned out to be, uh, he had a skin and got a really bad skin infection from the glue. So that set him back a few weeks because of that skin infection. It turned out to, we got lucky that it didn't get into his bloodstream because if it would have got into his bloodstream, who knows, you know, where we went from there. So then about that time, again, during the winter, Chris Rolf, who had been helping Brody out or been supplying Brody the cart, he come back up and said, hey, what are your plans for this winter, this summer? And we, I said, I, I really don't know yet. And he's talked to Brody and Brody was like, I, I really want to go back to sprint car racing. He goes, that's where my love is. That's where my heart is. That's what I want to do. Well, then Chris, you know, said, hey, I want to step up and and not only help out with carts, but I want to help step up and help out Brody in a get it in a sprint car. So Chris went out and basically purchased a new J and J sprint car for Brody. And so Chris built the whole thing, put it together for him, and then we got Brody fitted for it. And then, like I said, we started the season out really well. And then again, this the accident happened. So that's kind of his story and what he's been through the last, you know, since he was younger. Yeah, that's. Uh... You know, it, it really sticks out to me because it's it, you mentioned it at the beginning. Everything he's been after between his medical issues and racing has all been driven by his own determination. You know, yes. and yeah. that is that is uh, something you can probably fall back with a little bit of comfort. You know, at this yeah. moment, because he clearly is a very determined young man. I I found it. Um, it's it's not amusing at the time, right? But you were mentioning that he he didn't start talking until a little bit later when he was two, and and that's that's a little amusing to me because my first experience with it with him was watching this interview, and he was so well spoken, you know. And it's it's just kind of funny to hear you say that he didn't start talking on time or whatever that would be considered because he he sounded like a grown man out there that you know is it's just really funny. Yes, and. 
he he loves racing. He is so focused on racing. He, like I was saying, he he sets up his own cars. He even does sets the valves on him. He cleans out the injectors, and he's told up you know over the years. And one of the reasons why we were determined on keeping him racing, and Chris was determined on keeping him racing, is through all these medical problems. He'd always say, the only time I feel like a normal kid is when I'm sitting in my race car on the track. Because that's the only time I feel normal, and so we always, you know, and all we always help, you know, because like um, me and my wife, we don't make that much money. I mean, we we do okay, but we it's just to help from other people, you know, all the people who've stepped up and you know helped Brody and done things for Brody, because they see how determined he is, they see what he's been through, and if you like I said, if you talk to him, he says he'll tell you the only time I feel like a normal kid is when I'm in my car racing. And he goes, every, all my worries, everything goes away. The pain in my leg goes away. The things that's going on in my head goes away. Everything goes away when I'm on the track or even at the track, you know. And so it's he's very determined to get to the track and get, you know, and get up to the shop, make sure his car's all ready and everything to go. One, one of the interesting things I found in the interview was uh, he was talking about when he drove the modified. He said, tip of the hat to those guys. Those things are really hard yes. to drive. He'd rather be in the sprint car. And I'm thinking most guys in modifieds, you know, move their way up to a sprint car or whatever. And mm-hmm. he was, uh, he was the other way. He'd rather be in a sprint car than. Yep. Uh, yes. He found the modifieds more challenging, so that was kind of uh, interesting in in that interview. And Preston, we've got a, we need to either tag that interview to the end of this uh, podcast or at least post it on our Facebook because it's it's an amazing interview that he conducted there just before he got injured. Yeah, absolutely. We'll make sure people have access to that. Yeah. So uh, another tip of the hat to, to you, Ed, uh, because talking today, um, you've adopted two kids. You've adopted his sister, well, not his physical sister, but the, his sister. Yes. She was a year, you got her a year earlier than Brody? Yes. So a little over a year. So we adopted our sister. Her name is Angel. And we adopted her when she we got her when she was five months old. Same issues as Brody. And then we kind of so we had experience my wife and i had experience with children with uh, you know born addicted to drugs and alcohol or alcohol system so we had had her about a year and then the state of oregon called and said hey we have this little boy who has similar issues we know you have experience with a child and so um we and they said he's he has a rough time we're not even sure if he's going to make it or not but would you guys be interested in taking this little boy? And of course my wife, I was kind of, I have to give a lot of credit to my wife because I was kind of, you know, man, that's going to be tough. And she didn't even hesitate. She says, I'm not, there's, yes, absolutely. We're going to take this boy. We're going to, you know, raise him as a own. And like people say to us, man, that's great that you guys did that. And to us, it's kind of the opposite with us. We feel like we are the privileged ones because both of them are amazing kids. We feel like we are the ones that are lucky. We're the lucky ones to have them in our lives. So well, I know, uh, like I told you earlier, I, I, I know uh, there's a couple up here that we're uh, friends with, and they've uh, they've adopted two children who you know have gone through similar backgrounds. And uh, I know um, I know what they go through, uh, you know, in bringing these kids up and the challenges. Uh, uh, just I, I got total respect for you and your wife and. Uh, and, and God bless you, man. Uh, you know, uh, or like you say, they weren't even sure about Brody, you know, uh, when he was young, and uh, mm-hmm. now he's a, he's a thriving individual. With obviously with challenges, but and and obviously with the the fortitude and the strength to uh, to face up to those. So this this kid's got more courage than than I think I would ever have, and I I, I can't you know, say enough about him. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, the, the one thing I did notice is uh, it looks like you're sitting in the sim rate. Are you sitting in the sim rate? I'm actually, the, so I'm actually sitting in Brody's room because like I said, I'm not computer, very computer savvy. <laughs> I don't know, you know, my wife is very good at computer stuff. Brody's good at computer stuff. So I'm actually sitting in Brody's room. <laughs> um, and is that, is, a, is that his racing seat that you're sitting in? I'm Well, his iRacing seat. Yeah. 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 Yes. So, so this uh, is where he sits and does his eye racing. So, like I said earlier, you know, it was uh, Brody had joined our league, 
uh, three days before the accident. Never got a chance to run with us, so um, there's definitely a special connection. But uh, have you done any i racing? I have not. I have. Well, Brody gets me on here. Used to get me on here every once in a while, and I could never even keep a car on the track. <laughs> <laughs> I can relate to that. Yeah. Yeah, so you know I'm not very good at yes. Well, you know what the the uh, the, the account's sitting there, and uh, you know you're always welcome to come out and run about. We have a, I know you're not anywhere near as old as me, but we do have a, a retreads uh, group that runs in the afternoons, and uh, okay. it's just a bunch of guys. Uh, we tolerate a lot of uh, terrible driving. Uh, so if you ever have the inclination, you're you're more than welcome to come out with us and uh, okay. run a few laps. You, you maybe get Brody coaching you there a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He gives me a bad time all the time about uh, not you know do I racing or get get he, he keeps saying, well, Dad, since I can't race for a while, maybe we should get a street stock out there and you can race a street stock. And I'm like, there is no way I'm going to get on the track in a street. <laughs> so oh, that's funny. Well, I know um, you know there's you had said earlier there's concerns about him ever getting back in a sprint car again so you know if, if hopefully that our league can provide him uh, uh an outlet for uh you know his uh his energy and uh, mm -hmm. enthusiasm and uh when he gets uh you know well enough to get back in the seat again but uh, okay you know we're all pulling for him uh we got this uh fundraiser coming up in august okay. um for brody and uh um the, the features will be uh, they're going to be 22 laps in this okay. is the, in, in honor of Brody and uh, um, I think behind me it you know you're looking at a green screen I think behind it's there. Me, can he see it he can't see it I'm, I'm the only one that can see yeah. it yeah so there's a, the logo I think up here Preston would it be close enough yeah yeah so uh, <laughs> it, you'll, you'll see it when you when you see the uh, the, the podcast Ed but it's the it's the uh, never give up uh you know uh, logo that uh, uh, -huh. uh he has so um we carry that on our team's cars and we're uh we're, we're hoping that all all the teams in the league will start uh, okay. running that logo uh on their wings okay so, yeah. Uh, yeah 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 bro so brody we kind of came up with that logo when brody like i said when brody had the first tumor in his leg and was able to come back racing and i'm not sure where we came up with that logo out but we put it on every single car brody races on and you'll see that never give up so like when he raced a sprint car it's always on like across the top of his wing when he raced them modified it was across the back so other drivers even other drivers that would come up on him would see that never give up and then like where he's like dad what do you think someone comes up on me and they see that never give up you know and i say yep that's a good thing for them to see don't get never give up because you never know what's going to going to happen either in life or in racing you just never know and so we always carried all the, that logo on anything brody races we always make sure that that never give up is on all of his cars that he's raced that yeah so. and, and again you know the discussion we had you mentioned it briefly but you know he's a focused kid he's not you know you hear all that like you said you hear all these stories about kids today and uh he, he drives 20 20 miles to go to a school that supplies the what he wants to learn about yes and then, uh, then drives to a job where he worked for three hours a night and then we get in the shop and work on the car that's uh you know it's amazing uh work ethic and uh, uh that's going to come in uh you know in in handy and, and it'll be a bonus right now in these days and stuff yes and uh, and, and hopefully uh you know before too long we can get brody on himself and we can uh maybe chat with brody when things okay get, uh, you know, he would like that I, I you know just uh, our, 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 our hearts go out to him and uh, we want him back on the track and uh, I want him feeding me a right rear somewhere on a, okay. one of the turns, you know. <laughs> that, would be, that would be the highlight. Sounds like Ed might be more likely the one to do that, but we won't go there. <laughs> but anyways, just want to thank you for coming on and okay. uh, just wishing everybody well and awesome. uh, not only us, our whole league's thoughts and prayers are with you guys and uh, I just keep up the good work and and uh, you know say hi to Brody for us. To, okay, to, I will. And, well, uh, thank you, thank you for doing fundraiser. And we really, really appreciate all the support we've gotten. I mean, the support we've gotten is amazing. We've had people in you know North Carolina and Florida and all over the United States and Australia all sending us messages and and 
the local tracks doing some fundraisers for us and even Shane Stewart, I don't know, uh, donated oh, yeah. a, yep. a driver's suit for an auction and the money, all the hundred percent of the proceeds went to, went to help him. Cause it's been, it, it's been tough with the doctor's appointments. And then, uh, one of the things, I, one of the things that we've been having to deal with and hopefully other people don't have to deal with, but when the ambulance crew and, and I'm not, the ambulance crew did, did great. I, you know, I, they did amazing work on but when they build it, or they, and they did their paperwork, they they did it as a automobile accident. And so now when we're getting the medical bills, we have some insurance on Brody, but they're billing it as an automobile accident. And so everybody's getting confused because our auto insurance saying, oh, we're not paying that, that wasn't an automobile accident, but our insurance is saying, well, we're not gonna pay it because it was an automobile accident. And so it's been tough there because like I said, the the ambulance built it as an automobile accident. The first hospital in Eugene built it as an automobile accident. Then the ER up at Emanuel, they built it as an automobile accident. And they don't understand that it was an auto racing accident, not this, not an automobile accident. So we're kind of going through some legal issues with that because, like I said, everybody, y'all want to build it as an automobile accident and nobody wants to, you know, our health insurance doesn't want to pay. The automobile insurance doesn't want to pay because it was an auto. So it's been kind of a back and forth thing with that. So it's been a little bit, bit tough. But again, we appreciate everything everyone has really done for us and everything. And, yeah, and before before we go, we, we do have to give a shout out to the Steve King Foundation. Uh, yes. They do amazing work. And especially, yes. uh, I think their big key part is uh, that, that tweener thing, which you're experiencing now mm. before you know the insurance stuff kicks in and uh, you know, that, that interim help of that. But this, we've worked with Steve King Foundation uh, a few times before, and uh, I can't say enough about them, and thank God there's people like that out there. And uh, yes, you know, so uh, a big shout out to them. Uh, that's, we'll, we'll be going through the Steve King Foundation for this uh, fundraiser, and uh, but all proceeds will be going to, uh, to Brody. So, uh, you know, just uh, all the league members out there that are watching, I, these guys have been ed they've been amazing in the past just uh, the support they show um so uh this is a a great cause for a great kid and uh uh we're excited we're excited about the the event and uh excited to see uh, you know brody uh, get better along the way so uh, okay th thanks for coming on and being so open with us and uh okay. just appreciate you taking the time buddy all right thank you very much thank you thanks ed. thanks for having me uh -huh.